this time Miss Dina has our special.
Galatians chapter 5. We've been here a few weeks uh, studying through the book of Galatians. And, you know, this week Miss Dina texted me and asked me if she could kind of find a song to go with the message uh, knew she had special this morning. And, and you hit the nail on the head. And this is why. It's because when we, when we stand in awe of the love that Christ has for us, it changes the way we live. And we don't have to come to Christ a certain way or, or, or with a certain agenda or the, the very best of us because He loves us anyway. In spite of who we are. And that's the message that Paul is trying to get to the Galatians. Is you don't have to change who you are to come to Christ. He loved you and it's a love greater than you could ever imagine. Just come to Him. And so this morning I want to read two verses as we begin our message. And I've entitled this message, Stand and Walk. And, and so we're going to start, if you will, stand with me. Kind of punny there, stand and walk, stand with me. Um, we're not going to do any walking, okay? We are Baptists, we'll stay in one spot. Um, but as we start this morning, let's reverence God's Word. Galatians 5, verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. If you will, skip down to verse 25. It says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Dear Lord, thank You for this day. Thank You for allowing us to come out to study Your Scripture, dear Lord. Dear Lord, maybe there's somebody here this morning that feels like they're in bondage to to sin or, or following a set of rules, dear Lord. Dear Lord, may this morning be the morning they know what freedom really is. Dear Lord, just thank You so much for Your Word and what it means to us and what the Apostle Paul uh, told these people at Galatians. Forgive us all our sins. In Your name I pray. Amen. (laughs) You know, if you want to throw up a popcorn prayer this morning, I could definitely use it. Um, this week has been a little crazy. Um, uh, uh, me and my babysitter came down with an illness and, uh, we've kind of both been out of commission and, and you, you just can't change the meaning of what scripture says. And I, I praise the Lord this week as I was studying for this message that the apostle Paul just made it plain as day as he laid it out on paper. Uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that is. And, and as I begin to look at this, the first thing I see, and we're going to read through this chapter, but we're going to read verses 1 through 6 to start off with. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything 
nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. If we are going to stand, and that's what Paul tells us to do here. He says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Then we have to understand what we believe. What I mean by that is I've heard people say it many times. We need to stand behind this book. What in that book are you standing behind? Do you know the book? (laughs) Is what I'm saying. We need to stand behind this book. We need to do things the way this book tells us to do them. Absolutely, I agree. But what is it that this Scripture tells us to do? Because if we don't know the book, if we don't know the words, and if we don't know what it tells us to do... How can we stand for it? Paul goes back to the problem at hand here at Galatians and he's urging his listeners to focus on the truths of the gospel. Salvation comes through faith alone. They can't work their way there. And he says that's what you need to stand free in. You need to stand free in that Christ has set us free through faith. That's it. Don't add anything else to it. You know, I think about uh, Kevin. Uh, he was here in Sunday school. Uh, there he is. Uh, yeah. Uh, they do the surveying. What, what do you call that? The point you have to start with? The what? I can't hear him. The point of beginning. Okay, there you go. Uh but anyway, that's your focus point. Everything else on that as you do a survey is focused around that one point. And, and what Paul's telling him, them here is faith is that one point. Everything else they do needs to be focused around that one point. That's where you can stand on. That point is what you can go back to. That point, if, it, if anything doesn't match up with that, it's not worth doing. And that's what Paul's telling them here. You can go and you can be circumcised, but it, it profits you nothing. That, that profits you nothing. And as a matter of fact, if you're trusting in that to find grace, you've fallen from grace. You don't have it at all. And, and then he moves on from you just need, you don't just need to understand what you believe in. But you also need to get rid of the things that hinder you. Look at verse 7 through 12. It says, Ye did run well. Ye did run well, but who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded... But be, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whoever, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off which troubled you. Paul, Paul goes back and he's, he's, he's basically using that same Imagery as we use with the dollar bill uh, analogy, we know that you know those people that are trained to find false money. What do they do? They study the real thing, right? 
And, and so once we understand exactly what it is we believe, then we can get rid of everything else that's false. And that's what he's telling them. He said, put off those that hinder you, those that preach something else, those that are are talking uh, about circumcision, and get rid of it. Why get rid of it? Because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And we know this this principle in Scripture, basically what it's saying, it's saying if there's a little bit, if there's a little bit of false, a little bit of... uh, Tension a little bit, it causes a big problem eventually. And that's what Paul's telling them here is you've got this false teaching coming around you, just get rid of it. Just get rid of it because you don't want the whole church, you don't want the whole uh, group of people here in Galatia, you don't want them hindered by that, so just get rid of it. And then I think about what he says here is he says, I'd have you uh, that you will be none otherwise minded. As I read that in verse nine, uh, verse 10, sorry, I, I couldn't help but go back to what James says in James 1, 8. What does he say? A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. How do we stand in the liberty in which Christ has given us, if we can't focus on faith, if we can't go back to that faith, if we can't hold tight to that truth that salvation is through faith, if we can't hold on to that, then we're unstable in everything we do. We don't really have a message. You realize that? If... We don't have a message. If we can't hold tight to the truth in which Scripture points out, we don't have a message at all. And so Paul's saying, get back to that. Be focused on that. Get rid of everything else. I think about the passage over in Colossians, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, verse, verses 6 through 8, it says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spool you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. That last part, do you see it? Not after Christ. As I was thinking this week, many of you know the book of Galatians really deals with a lot of a lot of issues, but one of the main issues that the book of Galatians deals with is legalism. And thinking you have to follow a certain form of rules to find favor with God. And what Paul is telling them here is go back to the principal concepts. Salvation is by faith. And hold tight to that. 
And then he warns us because, listen, when we hold tight to that, and listen, anybody can stand for truth. I believe that. I believe that. If you know the truth, it's easy to stand for truth, right? I mean, if 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 I uh, went and told Chuck something and he went and said that I said something else, it's easy for me to say, no, I didn't say that. Because I know that's truth, Right? But the hard part is not just standing, but walking. We've got a lot of people here in this world, and we talked about this in our Sunday school, that are really zealous to stand for truth. But they're not ready to live lives that demonstrate that truth. Right? That's the hard part. That's the part where it takes us out of our comfort zone. It makes us start living a little different than the rest of the world. And that is hard. So Paul, and in Colossians, and this, this is in Colossians what he tells him, he, he tells us to walk. He urges us to move walking. And the same concept in Galatians, Paul starts talking about walking. And I want to just start reading here in verse 13. It says, For brethren, we have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And this is something that... We see, especially among Baptist brethren, something that the world points out to us is, you guys, y'all believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. Once you're saved, you can just go live any way you want to. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ did not die on the cross for me to live any way I wanted to. Do you know the love, the pain that Jesus Christ went to while He was hanging on the cross? That's not what He died for. So that I could find my happiness in the pleasures of this world. What He died on the cross for was to set me free from the bondage of that sin so that I could live a life unto Him. That's what freedom is. That's what freedom in Christ is, is realizing that what Jesus went through on the cross sets us free. I am forgiven. I am set free from the penalty of sin. Why would I want to go back and live in that same sin? Also, you see here that Paul urges us, don't use this for an occasion to sin, but use it as an opportunity to love and serve one another. But he goes on to say, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another." Paul here, he he throws out a second warning. First warning is don't use your liberty as an occasion to sin. But second warning, use your liberty as an opportunity to love one another. See, the liberty that we've been given should bring unity within our church. Paul says, if you want a law, 
If you want something to follow, here it is. Love one another. Isn't that what Jesus said? All the law hangs on this. Love the Lord your God with everything you have and love one another. If you want something to follow, Paul says, here it is. This is what Christ said. Love one another. Christ loved us. What better way to live our lives out or live our salvations out rather than loving one another? Not beating down one another. Not tearing one another apart. That has nothing to do with loving. You might say, well, Trey, that's kind of elementary, don't you think? Then why does it still happen? A lot of times the people we're closest to are the ones we hurt the most. As a family, a church family here, that not that ought not be in us. We ought to be a people of uplifting, encouraging one another, bringing each other along this journey that we live. We can stand here all day in our church and proclaim truth, but the ministry we have to the world outside these doors really falls on the hope if we can love one another. Us declaring the truth but not getting along inside these doors doesn't mix. To the world, that's not a message at all. To the world, they, they see uh, something very hypocritical, something that they don't really want to be a part of. You see, the freedom that we've been set free should cause us to walk in such a way that we are unified with one another, loving the world around us. There's, there's some battles in walking, and I want to, co- I want to cover this very quickly. In verse 16, we're going to read through verse 21, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. I want to stop there for a moment and help you realize that this is your spiritual warfare right here. (laughs) The flesh wants to do something. The Spirit wants to do the other. They're contrary to each other. They're fighting against one another. And there's that constant uh, uh, battle there against flesh and Spirit. And Paul goes on to say this, But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, immunizations, uh, wrath, stripe, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, sorry, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And I want to break this down for you for a moment because uh, each, each one of these words to me, it, it, especially if we group them together a little bit, they mean something. And, and you see this, this is an epidemic in our world today. 
Think about it. Adultery. Fornication. Marriages around the world are suffering. And it's not just marriages outside the walls of the churches. It's marriages in general. It's inside the church too. The flesh wants, wants more than it's supposed to have. And it's not following the Word of God. Because of adultery and fornication, our marriages today suffer. Uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, immunizations. We have a world full of people that hate people just because they don't act like, look like, or talk like us. Christ set us free from that. He set us free so that we can love one another no matter what we look like, talk like, or act like. There's no reason that, that we can't uh, look past the variances in one another and see the love of God and what He did on the cross was for each and every one of us. We look at wrath and strife. You say, well, I don't have a problem with that one. Wrath and strife. Yeah. Have you ever been mad at anyone? I know I have. Yeah. I told Jim, I told him at the ball game the other night, I said, listen, I worked with your dad 11 hours today. My nerves are under under control. (laughs) We had a good time, but hey... I deal with the flesh. You deal with the flesh. None of us are above any of these things. We were born into these things. So we keep looking. These words come across sedition, heresies. Here, we know that there was a heresy. There was a false teaching that came to the Galatians. And and that false teaching was that to find favor with God, you had to follow the law and you had to do everything that the law said. Well, let me tell you, our country faces one of the greatest heresies I've ever heard right now. That's unborn children aren't living creatures. There's a, there's a huge heresy right here on our country today. And are we standing up for that? Are we letting our voice be heard? Because it's easy to stand back and say we stand for truth. But it's a whole other thing to walk and to make a difference. Envying is the next word. Well, I know a lot of trucks down Promised Land Road that would look really good under my carport. You know what I mean? (laughs) This is something, like I said, we're not exempt from. Murderers. You know, to me, I've already mentioned the abortion aspect of this. It's one of the greatest murderings in the world. But you know, there's another agenda that's being passed right now, and I call it self-help suicide. 
when you come to an issue in your life that you don't think you can face, that you don't think God can get you through, you just go to a hospital, they'll hook you up, and all you have to do is hit a button. And you're gone. This is in our world today. Murder is becoming as if it is nothing. Drunkenness revealing. You see, the list got harder as it went. Because I know there's men in this crowd that have a passion for this right here. That have that that look around and they see that our young adults are growing up in a society where alcohol and going out, having a good time on the weekend is just normal life. It's not normal life. It's not moral life. We've got a huge problem right here in Ashley County with the flesh. And if we want to train young people to stand up and walk and to live the life that Christ has set out for us, we ourselves need to put the flesh aside and start walking in the Spirit. What I mean by that is let's look at this. Because Paul not only tells us about what walking by the flesh looks like, but he tells us what walking by the Spirit looks like. Verse 22, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the actions of lust. Have you ever stood up, and and this is kind of a funny analogy, but it makes perfect sense. Have you ever stood up on roller skates and you walk a little different? I know I do, okay? I'm a little top-heavy, and when I get on roller skates, I don't walk the same, We as Christians, when we stand up in the love of Christ, we ought to walk different. We ought to be different than the rest of the world. This is exactly what the grace of God through the blood of Jesus Christ should do to every believer. It should produce these things here in this Scripture, the fruit of the Spirit. As we stand in grace, it ought to change the way we live. And what it looks like is listed here. First of all, joy. Our greatest joy we could ever know on this earth is to know that we have an eternal home with Jesus Christ. That everything we've went through here on this earth is not for naught but that we will be rewarded one day. There's great joy in that. There's also peace in that. Peace that comes from knowing that we serve and we love the God that controls the universe. And He holds it all together. There's great peace in that. But also... Let's look at some of this 
some of these things that the Spirit produces, and that is long-suffering. <laughs> How many of you are patient? <laughs> Nobody raises their hand because they don't want anybody to see them. <laughs> Here's the fact of it. We live in a society today that tells us we need to have what we want, when we want it, how we want it. But I want to ask you, has Christ been patient with you? Yeah. <laughs> He's patient with me daily. You know it? As His child, I think of the many times that I mess up. And you know what? As I come to Him, each and every time, there's grace. He is patient and long-suffering with me. And if we're to reach a world outside of these doors, how are we going to do it without being long-suffering? We're not. We've got to be patient with people. We've got to understand that people have their hang-ups. They come with their baggage. And we've got to be patient and ready to love on them the same way Christ loved on us. Not only that, but it, it says here we're to be gentle and the word here really comes across like kindness. There's no need to bring people down, to drag people down. We need to remember that Christ has set us free and we need to set people free. That's the greatest kindness that we could ever show someone else is to bring them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the greatest act of kindness, the greatest act of gentleness that we could show anyone. Not only that, but it says goodness. And, and literally, that means be good. And, and, and so, as we read this, and we read the book of Galatians, and we see that Paul says, you're not under the law, you're not under rules, you don't, that doesn't mean you don't have to be good. What he's, what he's saying is what we've referred to before. Jesus didn't die so that we could live the way we wanted to. He died so that we could be free from sin and come out of that. And as we are following the Holy Spirit, following His leading, it will lead us to goodness. To being good. The next thing I see is, is, is faith. And this is really where the list gets hard. You remember on the on the fleshly side, the list got hard in about the last three. That's where the list gets hard on this one too. First of all, the Spirit will produce faith. You say, well, Trey, that's not hard. That's how I got saved. True. But remember, this is talking about past salvation. After we're saved, the way we live, the Spirit, if we follow its leading, it's going to... It's going to lead us into places that don't look exactly like where we might should go. But we've got to have faith. And we've got to trust God that wherever He's leading us is the right place. Right? And sometimes that's hard. Just like Peter, as he steps out of the boat, he knows, uh, you know, even as a fisherman, he's out there each and every day. And when he throws his hook in the water, what does it do? Sink. 
And yet Jesus still says, get out of the boat. Come to me. A lot of times, and you may not think it's hard, but faith leads us to places that we're not comfortable. The next thing it says, meekness, temperance, which I bundle those two together because really you could put those under self-control. The Spirit will lead us to take a blow, even knowing that we could deliver the final blow. And what I mean by that is, have you ever been told something and you didn't really like it and you knew you could say something to walk away from the situation? You knew that you had the answer that could make someone be quiet. You knew that you had the answer to, to shut the conversation down. Meekness tells us that may not be the right thing to do. Meekness tells us that even though we have the power, we have the authority to be the dominant person. Because we're more than conquerors in Christ. But meekness says, step back, be a servant. That's self-control and that's one of the hardest things. In closing right here in verses 24 through 26, it says... And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with afflictions and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Living in the Spirit means if we are saved, the Spirit lives in us. That's not where we need to stay. What I mean by that is I'm, I'm, I'm not saying we should put away our salvation. We should live out our salvation. Just because we live, we have eternal life by the Spirit, that's not where we should stay. We should also walk in the Spirit. We should also live out what the Spirit produces in our life. Because following Christ demands that we crucify the flesh. And what does Paul say? He says that the flesh and the Spirit are contrary one to another. If we begin following the Spirit, then we put behind the flesh. As our musicians come and we get ready for a hymn of invitation, this is what I want to ask you this morning. Do you know what truth is? Here is the truth. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and He rose again three days later. And if you put your faith in that, you can have eternal life with Him in heaven. And that's something you can put your foot on and you can stand on. Because that's truth. But then there's some of you here this morning that may have left your foot still too long. We need to start walking in light of our salvation. Let's start that this morning as we sing.